Welcome to Going Beyond Salvation podcast. It's episode 20 of, of season 3, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And so we're continuing on in the daily Bible reading schedule, and there's actually going to be two podcasts posted today. I was going to post a podcast yesterday evening, and essentially what ended happening was I had a very bad migraine. And so I went and laid down to sleep it off. And by the time I woke up with it gone, it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I was still tired. And so I went to bed. So you're going to get two podcasts in one day. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And so we're going to get started in, in Joshua when we, I just want to say, you know, as we're pretty much over halfway through with Joshua, it's really going fast. So will judges. And then the book of Ruth is going to be really quick, but there's so much to the book of Ruth and we've gone through this, the, the book of Joshua and at this point, what has happened is the land has had rest and for more. They've had been in war, conquering, and then all of a sudden the land is at rest. And in chapter 12, it's you know a list of kings that were defeated. You know, chronicling the, the kings that were defeated by the Israelites. And then we get into chapter 13. And this is the second part of the book of Joshua that starts. And Joshua is old. You know, he, he's no spring chicken because he was pretty young when he was with Moses. But remember, he'd been out in the desert for 40 years. He's seen the rest of his generation die out, but not him. He's seen Moses pass away, but not him. And him and Caleb are the the oldest in the group that is leading the Israelites into, into the promised land. And he's old. He's well advanced in years. And at this point, the Lord is saying that you're old, but there's still a lot of large areas that are to be taken over. Joshua's not going to see all of the land taken over in his lifetime. But the Lord still reminds him that there's land to be taken over. What had already been taken over was, it was to an extent that the organized resistance was destroyed. And that's why the land had rest. And I think the Lord was letting the Israelites rest at that point. To help them to get settled down and move forward and and be able to move forward. I think he was also seeing how obedient they were going to be. You know, and it's a continued obedience. Even when we see the promise being fulfilled, there's still a continued obedience. We can tend to, you know, we can relate because in, in our own lives, we end up being saved and with with Jesus and we are on fire and and being obedient and changing our lives and then all of a sudden 
we just start getting complacent with where we're at. And, and then we go, hmm, well, I can still kind of dabble in this or still dabble in that. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about myself because for a long time there, you know, I was saved and, and in my journey with Christ, there's been times where, you know, especially like in, in listening to music for me and some old entertainment, because I grew up loving acting. I loved watching movies, filmmaking, theater, but I was into stuff that I knew the Lord wouldn't want me to watch. And there's been times that I've had to catch myself going, why am I looking at all of this stuff? You know, for example, you know, Star Wars. I grew up watching Star Wars. I grew up when the the prequels were coming out and and now and then I got married to my husband and then all of a sudden Disney acquires Star Wars and you start seeing all these these things come out and you're just kind of interested with what where the storyline had gone because yeah there were certain things but and I was checking it out and the Lord really tapped on my shoulder because there was things that it was like, no, that Jesus had come to free me from. You know, it, it's like, for example, out of all the Sith, you know, I was, when I was in high school, I was interested more in Darth Maul and, and the Sith. And they were just starting to kind of bring back his storyline, right? I, when I was out of college. In, in the Clone Wars, they, you know, come to find out Darth Maul lived. But the Lord really tapped my shoulder because I was like, well, I'm kind of interested where this went. And the Lord tapped my shoulder because it was like going into witchcraft. And I was sitting there going, wow, okay, no, no. And, and so I've had to like shove Star Wars aside. My husband, like, it was not hard for him to shove Star Wars aside because he was so into the original canon and then the new movies came out and it disappointed him. So he just, it was easy for him to trash that. But, you know, and, and the Lord has really spoken to me in regards to, like, Star Wars that, you know, that there were certain things like witchcraft or that it was promoting, you know, premarital sex and, and different stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, I, I'm a youth leader and I'm not supposed to look at that kind of stuff. And it's a continued obedience. We can tend to get lax and, and go back to our old ways, you know, if we're not careful. And so, you know, for me, it's, you know, and it's to the point I don't even have a TV. We don't have subscription to Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus. We don't have those things because I know that I can get caught up in in some of the old things that that used to keep me ensnared. That that I know that Jesus came to free me from. You know, we do watch YouTube. I do watch YouTube, but mostly if you look 
most of the stuff that I watch on YouTube is, is like tasty because I like cooking or uh, we watch stuff on history because, you know, there's nothing wrong about learning history, you know, and it's just interesting to look back on stuff. Um, you know, like our favorite history one is watching the history guy on on YouTube because he has like these 10 to 15 minute things and he'll actually like just kind of just depending what's going on in the world such as you know lack of toilet paper he was talking about the history of toilet paper at some point so we do kind of have we still have fun and we still have our entertainment but it's been for us it it's more about we're we're protecting being obedient, protecting our relationship with the Lord and making sure that these things are not coming into our lives that and and that we don't get complacent in our walk. And and we see that in the book of Joshua that the Lord, you know, the, the whole land was not taken. And this was the promises that he had made that we we see in the book of Deuteronomy, the promises that were made to the Israelites, those were on the condition of Israel's obedience to the Lord and still seeking him out, which meant because he had ordered them that they were to annihilate the rest of these countries, these other peoples. And I think he was seeing what, what they would do if they would be obedient and and if they would be obedient even without Joshua and Caleb. So, and we see that as well that he didn't, there's another part in the Old Testament as well that he did not drive out all the inhabitants as, at once because he didn't want the wild animals to, to take over. And I think it was also... It's kind of like in, in our relationship with the Lord, it's what we call sanctification, where it's instantaneous, where we're made new, our old self is gone, but at the same time, it's progressive. There's different attitudes, there's different things that the Lord works in us, you know, how we we treat people, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our family members in regards to forgiveness, you know, different things. Because, you know, like we, we've said, it's dangerous if, if the Lord would just make us all perfect all at once. And we're not going to obtain that total perfection until we're in heaven. But it's still this journey that we take. It doesn't mean that we're we're not saved and we have to be saved by works. No, we're saved instantly by the blood of Jesus through our faith. And that everything that happens is is the word becoming flesh in our lives. Jesus be, becoming more a part of us and that we're becoming more Christ-like. And so this is what is going on is he's reminding Joshua that there's still land to be taken over just because there's rest doesn't mean they're done. And we can get that way in our relationship where a promise is fulfilled or, you know, we're saved or, you know, we, we, you know, I, I 
you know, like want, want to say kind of like if we get over addictions, over a bad habit, we go, okay, well, that's solved and we're, we're good. And the Lord goes, no, there's still more. There's still more that I want you to do. Or, you know, we, we fulfill this, this promise or into the, and fulfill a role. You know, we, you know, you become a youth leader, you become a pastor, you become evangelist or a worship leader, or you get that job that you, you've been working for and strive, striving for. And you go, well, that's it. You know, I'll just be happy here. And the Lord goes, no, there's more. And he wants to stretch you out beyond what, what, you know, you expect yourself. Yeah, we we tend to put ourselves in boxes. And I know this whole thing with COVID-19, as I've come into agreement with a lot of other pastors, because I felt the Holy Spirit really putting this on me that, you know, as we're moving into these next phases, it's going like, is does God really want us to go back to normal? You know, to the normal, just going to church and then living our our day-to-day life. And it goes, I'm like, no, the Lord wants us to learn something through this time. He wants the church to be challenged and the body of Christ to be challenged in some way. And so, and it doesn't just have to be with this whole COVID-19. It could be whatever happens. Always ask yourself, why, you know, what does the Lord want me to learn through this? You know, why am I going through this grind? And not just saying, you know, why me? What is really instead of saying why, it's what what is the Lord doing in my life in this, in this time? You know, I was watching a pastor and he was essentially saying he was using this, this metaphor that it's kind of like, when when you're sanding a piece of furniture, especially when it needs to be restored, you start off with a different grid of paper, of sandpaper, and you build up. And it'll get to the point that it's just like a paper towel that's smooth, smoothing over with with varnish to to give it that smooth look. And so when we're going through, especially in our walk with Christ, there's, we're going to be going through things that it's refining us, it's polishing us, it's whatever it is, it's, it's defining and, and building our character even more and more, building who we are in Christ. Because each person goes through different things. And because of that, you know, each person is used by God in a unique way because of that, you know, to re- you know, to expand his kingdom. You know, I can only reach out to certain types of people because I've only experienced certain amount of things. And versus, you know, somebody else who may have experienced a totally different life from me. And but they can reach somebody else that I can't reach to because of their life and how, how they've been refined. And so that's just something that 
the Lord really laid on my heart in this is with this episode is, is kind of going over that, that we shouldn't be comfortable. And the rest of chapter 13 is going over the different divisions of the land, the allotments for each of of the tribes. It was, you know, pretty much going back over what had been already laid out. So that's essentially it for, for, the book of Joshua, we're going to take a break and we're going to jump into the three verses for Proverbs 10. So here we are in Proverbs 10 and we're in verses 7, 8, and 9 is where, where we're at. And in verse 7, it says, The memory of the righteous will be a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. And it's essentially a question that I just ask people, you know, especially my youth, youth kids, how will you be remembered when it's all said and done? How will you be remembered? And, you know, for me personally, it's I'd rather be remembered for what Christ did in my life the the word that was made flesh you know because of the righteous things that the Lord did in my life that that there was these blessings being poured out and that I was able to pour out blessings upon people because of what Christ did in my life and because when you think about people who are wicked as, and you even think about it, like you kind of think of people, you know, like you can think of somebody that is the most notorious, like serial killer, or, you know, for example, like you think of Adolf Hitler, and the first thing, you know, it's kind of a bad taste in the mouth. It's kind of rottenness, you know, and, and his legacy yes we talk about it but he's his wickedness is rotting you know and because of that and we think about other people you know like there's certain people that don't make the main big mainstream news you know like NBC or CNN or Fox News but you know, I'm, I'm a newspaper reporter and one, I sit in the courtroom and I do see the people that do go by and I go, really, you really want your life to be remembered. And, and there's certain people that I can, I'll sit there and go through archives that I've written about. And it's just a foul taste will come into my mouth with certain people. And like, there's one in particular and you know, I just want to say that people are innocent until proven guilty. But there's this thing, there, there's this issue going on. And I'm not going to go into detail, but because I know the details and they're not very good. And it's sad that the gruesome details and what this person did. And, and yes, when you hear this person's name, 
it, it produces, like, I just get sick in my stomach. And I remember when this case, I mean, it, it's so bad that even the sheriff's department had to, they couldn't publish this person's name on the jail roster. They had to pretend that this person didn't exist, but people are going, where is this person? And, you know, it's a small town. You know, we live in Wyoming. It's a small town. And people are going to figure out what's going on at some point. But these poor sheriffs had to play, you know, dumb and go, I don't know what you're talking about. There's only a few people that they were open up with. And they're kind of open up with us because I took a stand that I'm not writing anything uh, to protect the victims at this time. Um, until... And, and even then, it's it's like, how do you write something that, I mean, it's it's going to affect the, these people for the rest of their lives in, in a way, you know. And I'm not trying, I, you know, and, and people may say, well, you're being really vague and saying people. And it's like, well, I'm trying to protect the, the ones that are involved. And... What it is, is, you know, this person, it, and, and even then, when they were in jail, when this whole thing, I could feel it in my Holy Spirit. There was, like, this sickness, like, in my stomach. I didn't even want to go look at the file. And I haven't even. I'm, I'm like, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to let curiosity kill the cat. I'm just going to leave it alone until... Until at some point, then it's going to be praying to God going, okay, what do I do? You know, and it's sad. Um, and so my thing is, is how do you want to be remembered? You know, how do people, how do you want people to remember you? You know, and, and it's sad. And, and, you know, and it's not saying that every person that does a bad thing and goes to jail, you know, I have people at my church they went to tr prison. They went to prison. They did things that they say, you know, they're lucky to be alive. They have felonies. But what they're going to be remembered, though, for is what how Jesus had redeemed them. And, and now that they're living a life of, of raising their own family and, and living free, you know, showing what Christ has done in their life. And so there is hope when, when Jesus is in your life, it doesn't matter what your past is about it, that, that doesn't define you anymore because of, of what Christ did on the cross for you. And, and that's something that we can say and, and be remembered for, you know, and, and so that's just something with verse seven that stuck out. And then there's verse eight, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. And it goes about, you know, accepting instruction and uh, just being obedient. I do tell people that, and especially Christians, that we are to to pray for those in authority, um, 
the time that we do stand up is when the authority tells us we can't worship, you know, worship Jesus, that we're supposed to be silent, that, you know, and that we're supposed to accept things that are, that are, that we call sin, you know, and, and, and that is blatantly against the Bible. Accepting commands is essentially, you know, you're accepting commands from your elders, you're accepting commands other than when they tell you to sin. But accepting commands, and and especially from elders in your church, you know, your pastor, because I, and because this show is kind of more geared towards brand new believers that you may feel like you know it all right right there and then you, you know you get through the bible one time and you know it all and still you're still in a process and and I do catch myself you know as I'm training that you know I go I feel like I'm ready for this but then I sit there and go well no maybe I'm not ready and you know, when I try to push things too far and I have to learn to be patient that I'm in this process still and, and still learning. And especially as I get my ministry certificate, I'm still learning. And so I still have to learn to, and, and, and be willing to accept the commands of those above me, those who have been in the Bible longer than me, those who do have their, their license, you know, and I still get into the word. I don't take everything to heart. You know, I still am that Berean that looks into the word and makes sure what they're saying is, is correct doctrine. But I still take instruction from those who have had experience and and all of that because you have people who chatter and what they mean by chattering for all is you know somebody who's speaking a lot and there are people like that where they speak more versus listen and I remember there was a man and he's gone to be with the Lord now and he was more like he was more like a grandpa to me another grandpa a spiritual grandpa as well I'll say And he didn't talk very much. But when he said something, especially in Bible study, he wouldn't really say very much. But when he said something, it was profound. And you knew that this was legitimate. And and so, and it was filled with wisdom. And, but... Even though he had been in the Bible for such a long time, he still like respected our pastor. He respected those who who were teaching, and and they would want him to to speak. But he he was more like, no, I want to listen to see what you have to say. And so I still think of him and and all of that. And he's just he's a. You know, and I know he's in heaven and now he's just, he's listening to all, you know, like the Apostle Paul and he's listening to Jesus and Peter and just so many people that he had read 
in the Bible for years. And so one day, one day we'll be there and I'll be there and I'll, I'll see him again. So in verse nine, it, it talks about the man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. And we see it lately in the last few years. Uh, for example, um, Harvey Weinstein and, you know, the start of the Me Too movement and just some of these people that, um, just some, of, and it's not just, you know, sexual allegations, but, you know, even financial scams, um, in all of that, that people who live, you know, it, the Lord wants us to walk in integrity, integrity with him, but in, also integrity with others. You know, our honesty with others is part of our testimony. You know, I, I think, you know, Chris, and, and, you know, especially how you are in front of, you know, for example, those waiters and waitresses that do work on a Sunday and you decide we're going to go out to eat after church instead of cooking. How are you going to treat them? And, you know, I am somebody who believes because I know that they, there's people that, you know, those that are doing waitressing that do jobs that require tips. And that they are doing what they can to survive and make it from paycheck to paycheck at their job. And so I make sure, and I, you know, even if the service is not, you know, totally fantastic, I know that people have a bad day and I still, even when they're having a bad day, I give them a good tip because I want them to know about mercy and grace. I may not be the best of tip, you know, when somebody's really going above and beyond service, I will make sure the tip is really good, but I believe in tipping, you know, and because I remember, and, and, you know, it's, that's what I believe in, you know, and I remember just lately, you know, we waited during this COVID-19, not really to go out to eat. We wanted to make sure that people could quarantine and some of the restaurants had shut down to make sure they could quarantine for a couple of weeks and, or at least a week or two, and then they would start back up. And some of them did. And I told my husband, I said, come May, we need to start supporting our restaurants and our coffee shops in every way that we can, you know, financially. And well, my husband's birthday was coming up and I said, well, I'm going to bring you coffee. Well, he got the bright idea that it was not just him that was going to get coffee. Um, he was going to get coffee for his coworkers as well. And so I had to do two orders and I was feeling so bad. I was like, I'm sorry, it's me again, because you had to call in and then they had like this table. So I made sure, and she's like, oh, I guess you're probably not going to want to do another tip this time around. And I said, nope, same as the last time. And she's like, you know, are you kidding me? And I was like, you guys deserve it. And, and so it's, it's something about, and being integrity, you know, being honest, especially in our own jobs as well, being honest with our time cards. I remember reading, 
a book and that was a huge thing we talked about is you know part of our testimony is how we live out our lives and being honest especially with our coworkers i remember there was in this book they used the example that there was the story of a man and he worked in an office and he came up to his manager who was not a christian and you know, this office manager, and he says, you know, I really, and he was already looked good upon, and he says, well, I have, you know, I I just got saved, and the Lord really has been convicting me about the office supplies, you know, that I've helped myself to, you know, when I've taken a pen home, and when I've, you know, used a paper clip and taking it home, you know, used, helped myself to office supplies. And he's like, I want to make it right. And he's like, I, I feel like you should dock my pay until, you know, to pay off the supplies that I've taken. And the, the manager was not a believer. He was an atheist, but it really stood out to him how this man was like being honest versus the other co-workers who didn't think anything about it you know when you take a pen home or this and that it's just stuff like that that we need to live in integrity because somebody who takes a crooked path and we do see that that and we're seeing it lately especially among celebrities and and some people of power that the 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 choices, the bad choices that they decided to make, the crooked things they decided to do is starting to come to light. Now, some of it, I'm going to say, has not been true. You know, like some people thought, you know, Donald Trump was, you know, that because he was impeached, he'd done something wrong and he didn't. That's something that I do stand behind, that he didn't do anything wrong. Does it mean that he's perfect? No. (laughs) He's not perfect. But he didn't do anything wrong. And so, but you know, you see things like with Harvey Weinstein, for example. That's a, a, a perfect example of, you know, crooked things come out. You know, he, he sexually, he used his, his position to, to assault women and, you know, that, that's not right. And it was found out, you know, so, and that's just something that we have to hold on to. And so that's it with Proverbs. So we're going to take a break and jump into Luke. So we're in the book of Luke and there are several parables, you know, there's the parable of the rich fool and then a parable about the faithful and unfaithful servant. And then there's also about do not worry, but we're going to start with the parable of the rich fool. And essentially this is addressing, you know, as Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in, in the abundance of his possessions. You know, and prior to that, what had happened 
was this person said, you know, someone tell or someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus goes, who made me a judge and arbitrator between you and your brother? Which technically, when you think about it, Jesus is, he, he was the judge. You know, God, you know, is the ultimate judge. But he, you know, in human form was like, I'm not your judge. And he essentially was warning about all kinds of greed and, and what, you know, essentially is, is our life is not, you know, does not consist in, in, in the abundance of our possessions. You know, we see, um, in this about the, the certain rich man that produced a good crop. And then he goes, well, what am I going to do with this? And so he builds these bigger storehouses, tears down everything, builds up these bigger storehouses and goes, well, you know, I'm going to live a couple years, drink, be merry. And God goes, no, this very night, your, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? So essentially, you know, it's talking about how are you living self-centered for one thing? And that our life does not revolve around this abundance. And it's, you see it in, in our, in this life that people mistake our identity and, you know, that you think your value in your identity is based on what, how much is in your bank account, what kind of home you have, what kind of car you have, what job you have. If you have a degree, it doesn't matter. The things that truly matter are the things of heaven and what we did especially in in our in our abundance when God does bless us financially when God blesses us with gifts and talents and and puts us in in a special job because he knows that we can be a light to to those co-workers or to the people coming in you know I try not you know, because I know there's people that they feel called to being a waitress. They love being a waitress. And God uses them mightily as a waitress. Because, you know, that's that's their personality. That's what they want to be. And, and people make it sound very derogatory being a waitress. And I know it's hard because the wa- wages aren't very well, you know, especially here in Wyoming. It's not very good unless you go and work a summer over in Cody where there's tourists. Then you get a lot more money than those in other places. But I just want to say, you know, there's, I've met a few waitresses that that's what they feel called to. And, you know, the Lord has worked through them in that area. And so I don't judge them for it. But you know how, when God blesses us in a way, how are we going to use it? Are we going to be focused on ourselves or are are we going to be focused, you know, what, what does God want me to do with this extra funds? What does he want me to do with this inheritance from my family's estate? That's just something that we have to be focused on. And, you know, where are your possessions? And... You know, um, you know, I just want to share with you about a, 
there was this man and this woman that lived down the road from where I grew up. And the man, he was a, he was a well-decorated uh, war hero from World War II. Um, he, we heard some of the story, but not all of the story. There's just certain things he wouldn't talk about because he had shot, he, he was in, in Japan and he had shot some people and he was a believer. He was a Christian and, and for a while he, especially towards the end of the life, uh, his life, as he was really drawn near to God, he, he lived with a, a, a condemnation, you know, and it, and a sadness of, of the people that he had shot in the war, you know, and he said, they didn't know about Jesus. He says, I know they didn't know about Jesus and I shot and killed them. And he felt responsible. And I know the Lord really started dealing with him on that, that uh, about forgiving himself and, and finding forgiveness in, in, in Christ about that. You know, and but he was him and his wife, they were well off. Uh, he he had been after the war, he had came back and he he had got into the trucking business when it was really huge and, and a, a big money maker in those days. And they also had a walnut farm. And they kept that walnut farm and they kept profits off of it. And so they weren't hurting. But the thing about it is, was his wife. She was very sweet and she was a, a, a woman of God as well. But the thing that she struggled with for years was she had been raised in the, in, in the depression. She had learned to essentially... She had learned to save and hoard because she had known what it was like to to go hungry and so did her husband but he always paid in cash that's what I always remember he always paid in cash even when he bought a brand new vehicle like he did not he had tried to buy a brand new vehicle in our local town like and they were going, no, you have to get a loan through the bank. You can't pay cash. And he goes, oh, really? And then he left. Well, some dealership in another state said, oh, yeah, we'll take your cash. And yeah, he he paid in cash, even for his vehicles. But she struggled with that. And even they both have passed away and, and gone on to be with the Lord. And they never had children. They were never able to, to conceive a child. Uh, they, they don't know why. And, you know, by the time, you know, these, these infertility treatments came around, they were way, way old. <laughs> and, um, but her nieces and nephews, when they went out there to the house, and they, they've been doing some stuff, but they said she hoarded a lot of things, things that didn't need to be hoarded because she had a hard time losing possession. Like she, she did not want to let go because she knew what it was like to be in such want. And that was something that she just struggled with in her life. But in her lifetime, I mean, she was still a woman of God. I know she's in heaven, you know, and she's, 
she's there with her husband now. He he passed away before she did, and then she died a couple years after. I think it was three or four years, if I remember right. Uh, it was just last year she passed away, and so it was about four years, and she... You know, she was still a wonderful woman of God. And she's there with God. And, and she's been well known for the, you know, being remembered for the good things she's done. She just struggled with something like this, with hoarding. And it just takes me to the next part where he talks about not worrying. You know, we go from, and I love how this was placed. You know, this, this do not worry passage that we also see in the book of Matthew. And see, Matthew, he, the Holy Spirit had guided Matthew in, in his gospel. His was more categorized. Where Luke, it was different. It, he, Jesus talked, it, it brings more in, in depth into this. That he's talking about these material possessions. You know, be careful, you know, to guard against greed. And to not worry. It just, it smoothly transitions to do not worry. You know, focus on the kingdom first. And those things that you need. You know, God cares. You know, we see this this with the lilies of the field and and the sparrows. You know, I had a, a Bible teacher that said whenever life stresses him out, he goes to a park and watches the sparrows because... If God takes care of a sparrow, how much more is he going to take care of us? Way much more. You know, our our lives are, are more valuable than a sparrow. And he's going to take care of us. And, and that's just something that, and just to focus on the kingdom of heaven and the things that we need will come as we focus on the kingdom of heaven and focus on God first. And even... You know, he's telling them, do not be afraid. He goes above and beyond what Matthew says. And he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exalted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is just something that we need to be focusing on is, is where our heart is. Is it on the things of the kingdom? And finally, in this podcast, we're talking about watchfulness and this faithful manager. We have to be dressed and ready. There's always this constant state of watchfulness because Jesus is coming back. And we don't know when. Only the Lord knows when he's coming back. I think we're, you know, and I'd like to say this. Every day that passes is a day closer that Jesus is coming back. But there's a state of of readiness that we have to have. We can't be complacent in our faith. We can't, you know, just look to ourselves and say, you know, in a couple of years, I'll sell everything and, and focus on the poor. No, we can't focus that way we have to be in this constant readiness and urgency you know we should have an urgency in our spirit that 
that Jesus is coming back in in our and we can get so tunnel vision or are wearing the blinders that we don't see the needs of people around us. And it's something that we need to be praying that as we go with our day, saying, Lord, show me the person that I need to reach to. You know, how can I bless somebody today? And and that's just something that we need to be like. We need to be that faithful servant. You know, we could be faithful and obedient, ever watchful and, and ready for the Lord's return at any time. Or we can, you know, there's this other view that we shouldn't follow, but we see it talked about. And it's sad because there are going to be people that are this way that they grow careless and worldly minded and they will believe that the Lord is going to delay his coming until they're ready. It's not on our timing. It's based on God's timing. And they cease to resist sin and then they depart from the path of faithfulness. And over and over I see that happening and it's like, my goodness, people wake up, you know. And so we really, really need to be focusing on that. Having a constant state of of readiness and and watchfulness. And so that's just something that I want to challenge you on. And and that's uh, it for this podcast today. So for the next podcast, uh, we are going to be going over Joshua chapters 14 and 15, maybe. Um, if it's just talking about inheritance, probably not. Uh, but we're going to be reading Joshua 14 and 15 in our daily reading. Even if we really don't go over it, um, we'll be going, we'll be reading that. You can't just skip that part. So read that even if we really just briefly touch about what happened. Uh, read Psalm 49 verses 10 through 15. We won't go over that one yet. And then Proverbs 10 verses 10 through 12. We'll be going over those. And then Luke chapter 12 verse 49 through 13 verse 9. So I'm going to end in a prayer. And I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord. And I just pray that you would guide and direct us in your way, Lord. That you would continue to just work in our hearts, Lord. And as we read your word, Lord, I pray that you would just, it would just become the word would become flesh in our lives as, as you just deliver us and, and help us to become more like you every single day, Lord. And that Lord just guide and direct us in your will and your way, be glorified, be magnified, help us to be watchful, Lord, help us to bless people all around us, Lord. And that we just thank you for what you continue to do. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you.